That's a new with the funny music I hear in your ears. Listen to this. Hello, Magic Transistors. Welcome to my review of Surfing Safari and Surfing USA. And at the end of this, you're going to hear my first alternate album, which is a combination of songs from these two albums to create one good album. At least my favorite songs from each album. And um, hope you enjoy that. So, starting with Surfing Safari, this was released on October 1st, 1962. There were three brothers, Brian, Dennis, Carl, Wilson, cousin Mike Love, a neighbor named David Marks, and there was also a friend, Al Jardine. And Al Jardine was actually originally with the group, but then he quit after they, they recorded their first single um, to go to dentistry. And Mike Love later uh, joked about that and said that Al Jardine could have uh, looked at a lot more mouths from the stage with the Beach Boys than he could <laughs> as a dentist. But Al Jardine did come back a few years later. Um, David Marks was only 14 at the time. Carl Wilson, 15. The uh, Dennis was 17. And Brian, Mike, and Al were all in their 20s. Uh, early 20s, 20 and 21. Mike was 21. Um, and then the three Wilsons' father, Murray Wilson, became their manager. And there's a lot written about Murray Wilson, kind of an abusive authoritarian, but at the same time, I think he really helped them early on. Uh, and uh, when Murray first heard their first recording, um, he was actually very pleased and that was the one way that Brian Wilson was able to get sympathy from his father was through music and Murray that would be the soft spot of his father other you know el otherwise there was often times where he would get beaten and, and stuff but Murray heard their songs and and named himself the manager of the Beach Boys and signed them to this local small uh, record company named Candix that he had done, I think, music there before. And Murray Wilson had a hit called Two-Step Sidestep. And I'm not sure the name of the group that did it because I don't think it was him. I think he wrote it and, and then somebody else did the song. Um, but you can find that track, I'm sure, um, somewhere. Um, and, and the producer for the Candix label was Height Morgan, a friend of Murray Wilson's. But then they were signed to Capitol Records on uh, July 16th of 1962, based upon a song uh, that they did. The first song they recorded was Surfin', which was a local hit, and but nationally it was like top 100, number 72 or something like that. And then their next single, Surf and Safari, which was re-recorded with Capitol Records, but, um, but they had an earlier version of it, and it was that song that Capitol Records decided to sign them for. And their producer 
for Capitol was Nick Vinay for these first two albums. Uh, Brian and Murray were probably very much involved with the production as well. And the engineer credit is to Nick Vinay and Chuck Britz. So that's kind of an introduction of, of this first album. Uh, Brian was very influenced by the Four Freshmen, which is why a lot of harmonies are in their songs. And that was the first thing he learned how to do was arrange harmonies. Um, and of course, the biggest rock star in Southern California at that time was Chuck Berry. I don't think he was from Southern California. I'm just saying... Uh, Chuck Berry was probably bigger than Elvis over there at the time. Um, and so their music had a lot of that influence as well. Um, there was also a, an instrumental style called surf music um, that was big at the time, which was kind of more like background for surf films and stuff. Guys like Dick Dale and Link Ray and, and The Ventures and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I don't think they set out to be a surf band, but when they were trying to come up with original material, Dennis Wilson was an avid surfer and he gave the idea to sing about surfing. And so Brian got down with Mike and Mike um, uh, wrote the lyrics and the first single surfing came out. And they called themselves the Pendletones, which was a popular shirt that surfers wore. But I believe it was, um, it might have been Hype Morgan who, when he pressed it, he decided to change the name to the Beach Boys. So it wasn't even them that came up with the name. Um, it was somebody at Candix, I believe. And it might have been Hype Morgan. But um, So that's where the, the name Beach Boys came from. And uh, and so then they had this image, even though only Dennis surfed, Mike surfed as well, but he was not necessarily part of the surf scene, but he could surf. Um, other than that, I don't think any of them surfed. I've seen, I've seen video footage of David Marks riding a skateboard, which is similar, <laughs> but yeah, so... So they kind of got stuck with this name, which I think in the long run kind of might have hurt them a little bit when they tried to progress into other things. But that's the way it is. Um, so um, that's why, uh, you know, they would end up doing like surf songs, instrumentals and things like that as well. But a lot of their lyrics... Um, what, you know, and in fact, probably a small percentage of their songs were actually about surfing. But then a lot of them were about summer and fun and cars and other things, as, as you see as we go along. But um, the, uh, the first albums were kind of garage rock. And, uh, and so that's kind of where we are now. The album cover was taken by a photographer named Ken Veter, and this was taken at uh, the beach of Paradise Cove is the name of it, the beach. And it's got this cool uh, 
vehicle i'm not sure i'm not good with cars but i like the way it looks that jeep looking thing um with the surfboard and and their pendleton shirts and everything as they're facing left which is west so it makes perfect sense um it's a very happy cover it shows excitement and guys sitting in or on a yellow pickup and the surfboard is held on top by Brian and Mike. And I think this represents the music well for this first album. And I'll give the album cover a 9 out of 10. Now on to the songs. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. Come on a safari with me. Early in the morning we'll be starting now. The first song is Surf and Safari, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. Uh, just so you know, Brian Wilson is usually the music writer, and Mike Love the, uh, often would write lyrics, so that's kind of how the collaboration worked. I really love this song, very catchy, garage rock, upbeat, um, just a little edgy, yeah, yeah, just really good. I think the lyrics are are very solid it's not cheesy at all and uh, and yeah so this is a, a great start to their Capitol Records career and and this song gets a 7.6 out of 10 this time each year in our hometown Track number two is County Fair, written by Brian Wilson and Gary Usher. Gary Usher was a friend of his that was also a songwriter, and I'm not sure if he was part of Capitol Records or what, or how he met him, but uh, Gary Usher wrote a lot of the lyrics in the early albums, and so I just thought I would mention that. Um, County Fair is... Uh, a very catchy song, but not as good as, it's not single-worthy. There's certain things I like about it. Uh, the, the organ that comes in and kind of that fair-type music. I'm always a sucker for that. A lot of people hate it, but, um, but I don't mind that. The, uh, and then the uh, fair barker, whatever you call him, in there is kind of humorous. And, you know, so that's kind of fun and interesting. Um, I think um, it's got somewhat hooky lyrics, not very poetic uh, at all, um, and not quite as well produced as Surf and Safari. So, uh, but I, I think it's it's very upbeat. I mean, as as everything is, and it kind of it's fun. It makes you know it, it moves, and so I do enjoy it. It's just not uh, something I usually put on like a playlist or something. But I give this one a 5.8. Ten little Indian The first little engine gave squaw pretty feather. The second little engine made her The next song is Ten Little Indians, a traditional uh, song that was arranged by Brian Wilson. A lot of people hate this song. I do not. I think it's very fun and catchy. One thing I forgot to mention in, in the first episode when I was talking about scoring is that my rule is that anything that is covered can only go up to a seven. Um, and, and that's just 
you know, because I appreciate things more that are original. This is not an original, so seven would be the highest thing <laughs> that I could go, except for what they did themselves. So like production, I would give them, uh, uh, I could go up to a, you know, a higher score in production um, because it is their thing that they did. But I enjoy it, you know. Um, I guess a lot of people would say it's it's politically incorrect today because they were not, you know, the fact that we call them Indians. Um, but at that time, it wasn't. I think it's unfair to judge that time for today, from today's standards. Um, but yeah, so. Um, but I do enjoy it. I think it's a very fun song. And I give this song a 5.4. Here a mug, there a mug, everybody chug a lug. Here a mug, there a mug, everybody chug a lug. Gary likes a girl's tight black pants. Larry. The next track is Chug a Lug, written by Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and Gary Usher. And um, I really, really love this song. Um, I think. Uh, when I hear a lot of people's reviews, they tend to give better grades to the singles, which often is the case. But for me, I, I maybe partly because I didn't grow up at those periods of time, and so I didn't hear things as singles and on the radio. Um, and we live in a day and age now where things are more, um, you know, although I did grow up listening to the radio, but <laughs> I guess that's not what I'm saying. Um, but I judge every song the way I hear it and not based upon whether or not it was a single. And I think this should have been a single. I think it's just as good as Surf and Safari. And uh, very catchy song. And decent. You know, the lyrics are not cringy either. In fact, I think they're a little bit more poetic than the Surf and Safari lyrics. But, uh, yeah, there's certain things better and worse, but I think it's the same. I, I give this song a 7.6. The next song is Little Girl, My Miss America, written by Herb Albert and Vincent Catalano. This is a cover song, obviously. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that all the lead vocals so far have been by Mike Love. This one was sung by Dennis Wilson. And so uh, I, I think it's a nice change of pace here. And he does a very good job with the kind of this ballad song. Now, I think it might be perhaps the best song on the album. However, because my rule of songs that are covers, um, like I said, with 10 Little Indians, uh, most of these things, with the exception of production, I give it a 9 in production, but nothing else um, gets higher than a 7. Uh, the lyrical hook I gave a 7 to, and I think it might, I'm not sure, I haven't heard the original version of this, but just the way Brian um, arranges these songs with the bass line and, and kind of uh, gives it a very catchy hook, you know, um, just all of these early songs on this album just have great hooks. Um, and so when I give the score, you're going to think, oh, I don't like the song, but it's, you got to remember, I only go up to a seven on covers. 
and I give this one a 6.4. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409. Track number six is 409, written by Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and Gary Usher. The first car song that they did, I think, unless they did one on the uh, Candix label, but definitely in at least in order here. And I think it's the only car song on the album, isn't it? Yeah, so. As far as I know, the first car song they ever did. Um, when I did the, my notes the first time, I was not a big fan of this song, but it has grown on me. I know it's very simple, but very catchy. It has that garage rock edge to it that a lot of these songs have. And um, so I'm definitely more of a fan of it. I think it was pretty creative having the uh, the engine revving up at the beginning and I'm not sure if that was done in other rock and roll songs in the 50s you know leading up to this um, or not so yeah that's kind of a, an interesting thought um, but yeah so uh, but I, I give this a higher uh, score than I did the first time which I think it was a 6.0 but when I did it again it came up to a 7.0. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf, surf with me. Track number seven, which I believe is the first song on side B of the record, is Surfing, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. This is the first song they recorded, although I believe there were earlier recordings of this on the Candix label. And I'm not sure if this, uh, I assume that this was the single that came out before they came to Capitol. I don't think they re-recorded it. Uh, you can tell that the production level of this song is a little less. Uh, the sound of it is not quite as good as the rest of the songs. So I assume that this was recorded in, in Candix, but I'm not totally sure. I think it's a very catchy song. Um, it's fun to hear like their beginnings, but it, I'm not a, you know, other than that, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it's some, it's pretty catchy, um, very low on the creative and poetic side, but um, but yeah, it's it's a fun little tune to listen to. Um, but it's a weaker track on the album for sure. I give this one a 5.6. Every time we have a fight, we flip a coin. Track number eight is Heads You Win, Tails I Lose by Brian Wilson and Gary Usher. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a pretty catchy song, I think. You know, uh, and there's certain things, there's slight creativity you know, on the arrangements here that, um, that I think are very subtle, but you start to, to hear, I mean, for the very beginning of Brian Wilson's career at 21 years old, I hear some some interesting things in the arrangements already. Uh, you know, I think the, um, the 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 production there's something slightly less on the production than like Surf and Safari and, and some of the other tracks, Chugalug, 409. But um, 
lyrically, um, it, it, it's a little clunky at times, but I think it also works well. I don't know how to explain that. Not great on the lyrics, but, you know, uh, somewhat creative, poetically, <laughs> um, but not too high uh, on that. But overall, I give this song a 7.4. Track number nine is Summertime Blues, written by Eddie Cochran and Jerry Capehart. This was a big hit for a different group, and I, <laughs> apologies, I don't know the name of the group that did the original song, but I'm sure you've heard it on the radio. But this version has probably never been played on the radio as far as I know. Maybe it has somewhere in the world, um, but I've never heard it on the radio. But since it is a cover, a lot of these things don't go, go above a 7. I did give the production an 8, since that was something they did. But um, yeah, it's a very catchy song. It's a, it's a, different, a bit different style than they, they've been doing, I guess, in a sense. But some of the way the guitar is played is, is similar, you know, kind of that surf rock a little bit. But um, the one thing to note is the lead vocals is a sh is shared between Carl Wilson and David Marks. And so they kind of sing co-lead on this one. They sing together and they do a very good job. And um, and yeah, so uh, I really enjoy it and I give this one a 6.0. We do We had no time to Track number 10, I believe, is Cuckoo Clock, written by Brian Wilson, and also his only lead vocal on the album. Uh, he did have some lead vocals in the Candix songs, a song called Barbie, which is very pretty, and there might be one or two others that I can't think of right now, but um, check out Barbie. It's, it's, uh, you can find it. Put Beach Boys and Barbie. It's just, uh, you'll, you, you'll find it because it's released. But, um, anyway, this is the only lead vocal by Brian Wilson on this album, and it might very well be my favorite song on the album. There's just something very quirky about it for 1962. Uh, but, you know, very fun, quirky, silly, and pretty as well and uh, just overall it's more balanced because I think the artistic side comes out a little better um, on this song and it's still catchy enough uh, and so it balances out better than maybe any other song on the album and I give this song a 7.6 Track number 11 is Moondog, written by Derry Weaver, another cover song. This is the only, I guess you could say instrumental. There is, I mean, there is vocals on it, but there's no words. Um, so I kind of call it an instrumental. Um, and so there's nothing to grade in terms of lyrics. So there's only three things to grade here, which is music, catchiness, creativity, and production. Uh, and I think this is 
you know, I only go up to a seven because it's a cover, but I give it a perfect seven on creativity. I think it's a very haunting song, and uh, and it also grabs you with that garage rock sound. Um, it's not med maybe not the catchiest tune, but it is fairly catchy. And I gave it a nine on production since it's their own thing. But yeah, I really really enjoy this, and I give it a seven point zero. The final song on this album is The Shift, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. Now, the lyric, I wasn't really sure what this was, but it's some kind of a, a women's dress, I guess. But just kind of a flirtatious song. Um, very catchy. One thing I will mention, though, is that the the uh, chord changes are very interesting. You start to hear the beginning of Brian Wilson's genius. There's some odd chord changes in this song that I think is really, uh, really brilliant. So uh, that's one thing that I think gives it uh, maybe higher on the creativity side that you wouldn't expect. But, um, but yeah, so and as far as the lyrical hook, um, you know, it is kind of catchy, um, wearing the you know, uh, it's, it's very catchy, I'll say it's, you know, higher on the catchiness music-wise than the lyric, um, you know, it, it's, it, the lyrics work, you know, it's not the most accessible subject, I guess, <laughs> but, yeah, so, this song gets a 7.0. The album flow is a 10 out of 10, partly due to the fact that every song is arranged pretty much the same way. You have like a very similar drum beat throughout. And uh, yeah, so there's not a lot of variety, but there is enough. And I think it's all, it all works well. I mean, it's all a very catchy, has the same mood and everything. So yeah, 10 out of 10 for the, for the um, flow of the album. I think overall this is a very good debut album. I think I enjoy this album very much. It's not cheesy. Uh, it sounds, it all sounds pretty well produced for, you know, it's not as good as maybe some of their future stuff production wise, but you know, it's, it's well produced for a garage rock album. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Overall, I calculate the scores and this album gets a 7.10 and as I get my a swig of root beer here I pull out the second album that I will do on this episode Surfing USA and this was released on March 25th 1963 and I guess that makes it, let's see, uh, October to March, November, December, January, or see, it's October 1st, so October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months. Um, yeah, near the end of March. So about six months after the, the debut album. And back then, albums would be cranked out more often 
than they are now, like two, three a year. So, but still, it was, you know, also, uh, you know, Al Jardine was not involved in this album, I don't think, at all. Um, but the uh, Nick Vinay was still the producer, listed as the producer, and Brian and Murray were very involved as well. Uh, I'm not sure how hands-on Nick Vinay was, because oftentimes a producer can mean different things uh, with, you know, um, record companies. Sometimes the producer is just somebody that kind of manages and makes sure it gets all put out and put together, and maybe they're in charge of the uh, the pressing and the song order and things like that. But as far as, like, the arrangements of the songs and, and themselves... Brian still had a very strong hand from the beginning. And I think that um, this album has more variety than Surf and Safari. So um, it's, it's, uh, Brian is growing a little bit. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. The album cover is a photograph by John Severson. Um, showing a surfer named Leslie Williams at Sunset Beach in Oahu, Hawaii. <clears throat> this photograph originally had nothing to do with the Beach Boys, but it was intended for a surfer magazine, um, and they decided to use it as the front cover since it was left off of that magazine, I guess. And um, I think it's a very nice picture, and... Um, it doesn't have the Beach Boys on it, but it's it's just this, you know, just the ocean and very blue, you know. Um, and uh, I think if there was one difference, if Dennis was actually there instead of some random guy that has nothing to do with the Beach Boys, I might have given it a slightly higher score. <laughs> but uh, But yeah, I think it's a very good cover. And I give the cover a 9 out of 10. Now on to the songs. If everybody had an ocean across the USA, then everybody be served. Track number one is the uh, title track, Surfing USA. Music by Chuck Berry and uh, lyrics by Brian Wilson. The music uh, is actually not the production, but like the the, the tune and, and everything is from Chuck Berry's song Sweet Little Sixteen, but Brian took it and made it his own and added new lyrics, and um, you know it works very well. So in terms of the music catchiness and artsiness, um, I only go up to a seven, but everything else I'm willing to go up to a ten if it deserves such. Um, definitely a very catchy song, which I only go up to a 7 on. It's a perfect 7 on catchiness uh, for a cover. And it's less artistically. Um, I think that you can tell there's a step up in production already from the, from the jump. From the first album to this album. I think the, the vocals are fuller and the, the arrangement is better. And, um, and yeah, and so this song does very well for a cover, getting a 6.8.
Track number two is Farmer's Daughter, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. Lead vocal by Brian Wilson. This is the first song of both of their first two albums that I don't care for at all. I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, it has things about it that are okay. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't really hate any Beach Boys, but uh, this is one I don't really care for. Um, for one, I'm not a big fan of Brian's voice on it. I think there's times on the upper register that he sings a lot stronger, and there's something cringeworthy about it. Um, you know, I think that the strength of the song is the production, um, the catchiness, but very weak in, uh, artistically, in my opinion, um, and also poetically. Um, and this song gets a 4.6. Track number three is Miser Lou, written by Nick Robinus, Fred Wise, Milton Leeds, and Bob Russell. Uh, I'm not sure who did this originally, but it's probably most famously done by Dick Dale. But the Beach Boys did a really good job on it, you know. Um, and I, I think... Um, you know, Carl and, and David Marks really showed showed their chops and able to do this song. And they were still really young at this time. I, let me see here. Um, Carl Wilson was 16. David Marks was 14 when this came out. And they might have still been younger when, when it was recorded. Because, uh, yeah, so I don't know how long before this was released. But, yeah, so the very young and capable of playing this on guitar, I think is very amazing. Um, and so I, uh, you know, in terms of the song itself being a cover, I think artistically I give it a seven. Uh, a great, great track, very, um, you know, somewhat avant-garde <laughs> in a sense, um, and very catchy as well. And I give it a 9 on the production just because um, they do such a fantastic job playing it. And overall, I give this song a 7.3. Oh. Track number 4 is another instrumental written by Brian Wilson called Stowed. Stoked. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, but this is an. I think this album has the most surf instrumentals, or even the most instrumentals, period, on an album. And uh, yeah, uh, the fact that this is an original, I really enjoy it. It kind of reminds me of um, an 80s song, uh, Cars, by Gary Newman. <laughs> just the title of it and they did another one that has a similar tune to it but I think Carl did another and Dave uh, did another fantastic job and the fact that it's original um, is more impressive too um, it's not as good of a track as Miser Lou but it gets the same score because it is an original 
and it's my favorite surf instrumental that they released mainly because it's an original even though like I said Miserly is a better song but again I dock it because it's a cover so a 7.3 for Stoked Track number five is Lonely Sea, written by Brian Wilson and Gary Usher, sung by Brian Wilson. This is a fantastic, beautiful song, and whosoever decision it was to not have it end either side A or side B, I don't know, but it should be. <laughs> and there's even a video of Brian singing this, um, at least lip-syncing it, on a beach. Um, somewhere so I don't know if this was in a movie or what but you can find that uh, very young Brian thin young Brian Wilson um, singing it um, yeah just fantastic um, on music artiness and poetry and production I just love everything about it it's a little less on the catchiness and lyrical hook side but um, it's still the highest score so far of any Beach Boys song and I give this one an 8.0 Tack it up, tack it up Body gonna shut you down It happened on the strip Where the road is wide Track number 6 which I guess ends side A unless they had 5 tracks on side A and 7 on side B I don't know seems kind of odd but anyway shut down written by brian wilson and lyrics by roger christian a little bit about roger christian he was a i think he was a dj a local dj but he also was very knowledgeable about cars and i will say that his car lyrics were fantastic there was just something a little deeper about them um just uh than just oh i love driving my car uh she's real fine my 409 but this gets into like deep mechanical talk in this song and I, and I think for that reason the lyrical poetry I, I give it a higher grade than um, you might think like a 6 out of 10 um, very catchy 10 out of 10 on catchiness and the lyrical hook I think the production is a step up from the Surf and Safari album even though it's very similar um, you got this honking you know saxophone which is great works perfectly it sounds like a honking horn or something you know um, and it just has all the raw edge of, of, of uh, the Serpent Safari album the garage rockness that I love so much but there's just something slightly above you know it's a step up I think and I give this song a 7.8. Track number 7 is Noble Surfer, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. And I think this is a very underrated song. I'm not sure why it wasn't a single. There's more to it. It kind of... Um, reminds me production wise of a buddy holly song 
um, every day because it's got that xylophone in the bridge and I really think that's far out um, and I think it's got a strong hook once again a lot of these baseline Mike Love sung bass lines are, are great catchy hook lyrical hooks and I think it does better artistically than a lot of the songs on this album as well so it's a very well balanced song the only weakness is lyrical poetry but it's not terrible it's a four out of ten but overall this song gets a 7.8 Track number eight is Honky Tonk, written by <laughs> a lot of names here. Billy Doggett, Clifford Scott, Billy Butler, Shep Shepard, and Henry Glover. And another cover song and another instrumental track. Now, when I in the I haven't listened to this song a whole lot, I just have to be honest. Uh, when I went back my old notes I didn't score this very well um, it's got a very basic chord progression um, very basic rock and roll chord progression but there's some interesting things that I noticed that you know that have grown on me a little bit just from listening to it right now and that is how each pass the guitar does different things and again I give a, a a lot of credit to Carl and, and Dave, Carl Wilson and David Marks for this um, performance. Just fantastic. It is a cover song, so it doesn't do quite as well as it would if it was an original, but um, it gets a 6.0. Track number nine is Lana, written by Brian Wilson and sung by Brian Wilson. This is uh, another clunker, in my opinion, kind of like Farmer's Daughter. I'm not a big fan of Brian's voice on this song. Um, it hasn't, you know, it didn't score well several years ago when I did this first time, and it hasn't grown on me at all. Uh, just very simple, not that catchy. Um, yeah, it's just, and Brian's vocal, like I said, is not that great either. So I give this one a 4.6. The next song is Surf Jam, written by Carl Wilson. I'm surprised all these, uh, instrumentals like stoked wasn't written by carl since brian doesn't play guitar but anyway i'm not sure how that worked if brian didn't play guitar but you know um this is a fun song um it's one that i've forgotten about really and when i was just listening to it now to to review this you know um i don't think i still don't like it as much as stoked but i think it's a a good song and um and Carl, and I, I assume Dave is playing on it too, do a fantastic job uh, with this one. It's got a lot of energy. It sounds like another surf song that I've heard before that's not the Beach Boys um, that goes, 
that part there um, it sounds a lot like there's another surf song that does that but I can't put my finger on it right now but anyway this song gets a 6.7 Track number 11 is Let's Go Trippin' by Dick Dale. And another, let's see, is this like the fifth? Let's see, one, two, three, four, yeah, five instrumentals on this album. Five surf instrumentals, which is one thing I like about it. Um, a, another cover song and a, and a very well performed by Carl and Dave on guitar and uh, yeah just a, 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 a cool little song it's not one of my favorite um, surf songs but you know it does okay and uh, you have to appreciate what young Carl and Dave were doing at that time but I give this song a 6.0 The last song on the album is Finders, Keepers, Losers, Weepers, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. This is kind of like a twin or sister song or whatever you want to call it to Heads You Win, Tails I Lose from Surf and Safari. And interestingly enough, the lyrics on Heads You Win was written by Gary Usher. These were written by Mike Love. So it wouldn't surprise me if Mike was inspired by that. You know, heads you win, tails I lose, or finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It's a similar concept. And I think musically they're very similar as well. Um, I have to listen to them back to back to see which one's better. But it doesn't sound any better production-wise to a Serpent Safari song. But it's still a fun track. I enjoy it. And I give this one a 7.4. The album flow is a 9 out of 10, I think. Unlike Serpent Safari, there's more variety here, which is a good thing, but I think there's uh, a couple things. I think Lonely Sea, sea should have been at the end of the album. Uh, that's just my opinion. If they'd made that change, um, I think that would have been great. But, but I do think you could tell that there's growth here um, over like the, the the top side of this album is great there's two songs on here though that I don't care for which there was nothing on Serpent Safari I didn't care for so I guess you could say you know but that's just my opinion overall this album does very solid once again but not quite as high as Serpent Safari and I give it a 6.96. So that's Surfing USA. Now I'm going to finish off this podcast episode with my first alternate album where I take some songs from Surfing Safari, some songs from Surfing USA, and make one album that I think is better. Um, so for your enjoyment. I tried to, for the most part, every other song is from from each album, 
so it goes back and forth and uh, yeah so here is my alternate first alternate Eat Beach Boys album that I call Surfing USA because that's the biggest hit on here so enjoy
always turns in the fastest time Giddy up, giddy up, 409 My four-speed dual quad positive traction, 409 409 Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, 409 Nothing can catch her, nothing can touch my 409 Here a mug, there a mug, everybody chug a lug Here a mug, there a mug, everybody chug a lug Gary likes a girl's tight black pants Larry knows he doesn't stand a chance Hurry up and order quick Dave gets out to chase that chick Dennis wonders what's under the hood A big chrome tag and it sounds real good But I go down to the root beer stand To drink up all that I can Give me some root tea Give me some root tea Give me some root Brian still glued to the radio. Louie's looking out the rear window. The guys got around to ordering fries, but root beer is my best buy. Give me some root tea. Some root tea. Give me some root beer. Here a mug, there a mug, everybody chuggle up. Losers, weepers, losers, weepers, finders, keepers, 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 losers, weepers, fin
That's the end of side A. I just wanted to interject something here real quick. Um, I decided to make them 14 song albums on these early ones. It may vary later on, but uh, just because, you know, the British released albums with 14 songs. For some reason, America was decided to keep it at 12. But as a fan in this alternate universe, <laughs> I'm going to make it 14 songs. So here we go with side B. Let's go surfing now, everybody's learning how Come on a safari with me Come on a safari with me Early in the morning we'll be starting out Some honeys will be coming along We're loading up our woody with our boards inside And heading out singing our song Come on baby, wait Surfing now, everybody's learning how Come on a safari with me 
So I 
Like the love. 